Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Joey Licea podcast. I'm your host, Joey Licea. With me, I have a very, very special guest. Returning guest. Ultimate guest. Diana Licea. Uh, Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's been almost a year. Almost a year. (laughs) A lot has happened in a year. Yes. (laughs) That is true. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me back. Thank you for being back. And also, um, what 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 has changed in this in this year that you're talking about? <laughs> um, we moved into a new place, right? And we are about to expect our second baby, which is why I'm sitting down like this. Um, the next couple of weeks baby number two baby number two boy number two boy number two should be arriving congratulations thank you back to you back to what back to you back to you the congrats how do you feel about boy number two i feel good about it i feel happy happy that it's a boy i agree right yes and so let's get into you. Um, what do you want to know? How do you want to get into me? I want to get into. I know how you want to get in. <laughs> I already have been there, done that. <laughs> um, what? Let's get into your your uh, your, your story. Are you intrigued about story. my story? I'm I'm intrigued about your origin story because there's a lot that goes into it, and I don't know where it starts. I mean, I kind of do now, but. I didn't know. So let's get into your origin story about your singing. You're, you're, you are a, a singer, an artist. What would you call yourself? I would say a singer. You're a singer. Yes, and I love to sing. You sing and you're trained. You're a trained singer, correct? Yes, I took singing lessons for various years. And how long, uh, when did you start taking singing lessons? I was, let's say, 14, about 14 years old when I started um, taking music lessons. Um, And within those lessons, the opportunity to take singing lessons came up. So we started with singing lessons around 14 years old. And who was your singing teacher at that time? That time, it was this girl named Wendy. She was young. She was probably like in her early 20s. Remember, she was going to Southwestern College at that time. Um, But very nice, very nice girl. And I started off with singing opera. Like that's how we started with this whole singing lessons. Right. How did you find her? So when I was around 13, my parents, we would tend to go to church on Sundays. And so one time they left some flyers on our car um, saying music lessons. Um, It said music lessons and it said um, flute, flute lessons. And so my parents decided to enroll my brother and I in it 
And we started with playing the flute and how to read music. And then um, that same teacher also had this girl, Wendy, along with another girl that was, you know, playing the piano to give out singing lessons. So that's how I, that's how we started um, by, by learning how to play the flute and then, and then incorporated the singing lessons. But it was through a flyer that they left at our car when we would go to church. It's crazy. So you know how to read music? Um, somewhat. We that specific course, it was kind of like a launch that they were doing with another professor that I'll get into that one. So they were doing an experiment for kids, maybe. I mean mainly, I'm sorry, to identify the the notes based on colors versus the names of the notes. So you already knew that purple was going to be do, let's say, and then green was going to be la. So it was based on colors, and it was like this experiment they were doing. Right. And so that's how it started. And I mean, right, colors are much easier than trying to figure out, you know, how to read music like the traditional way um but then later years after then i did get into actual reading reading music um but like i said when i was 13 we started with learning with this this new new technique they were trying to launch to the school districts of san diego so started there and then um when i was like maybe 15 16 um the the instructor of this this school got a whole bunch of contracts within the school district of of san diego mainly in, in national city to provide after school program to the kids and that after school program included this music so i would go to elementary schools to teach music to these kids you would teach music yes I would teach this this technique that they were launching, and the kids would learn how to how to play the flute based on this new technique. Right. So I I was teaching elementary school kids this new technique for about I don't know maybe like less than a year or so within the the school districts. You were. Uh teaching kids how to sing at age 13? No, no, you have the story wrong. I just told you the story. I started music lessons at 13. Around when I was 16, that's when I started helping out teaching So when you were kids. 16, you were teaching kids? <laughs> a kid teaching a kid, yes. That's weird. It was pretty weird. How old were the kids you were teaching? Seven. They're young, yeah. Yeah, like young bloods. Yes. So that only lasted for a couple, couple months. And then from there, you became classically trained. You you were singing opera. You were singing, um, what else? Blues. So after that, um, the same instructor that um what had this school 
he talked to my parents about this other teacher, another professor who specialized in singing. And obviously because he knew how much I wanted to sing, um, he said he was like the best of the best and that he, um, he would set up an, an appointment for for us to meet him and see if that professor would want to give me classes, if. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So um, we went, we met with him, and it was like, okay, yeah, I mean, he did like a little run through my voice to me see if I would qualify for singing lessons. And so he said yes, um, but there was certain requirements. I needed to take at least um, two classes per week. Each one is two hours. And so, and they were very, very pricey too, you know. So um, we started off with once a week with this professor, and I just loved it. Like, it was just just singing it was nothing else but singing like a whole hour of vocalizing and then the next hour was to apply whatever I had learned onto you know songs and then um what he would do because he's he had been teaching for many 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 years like over 30 years um that was his like academy of, of, of music of, of singing so each each week we would have to um put up a, a like a performance and he had probably like maybe i don't know at one point we were like 15 15 students so 15 students and each one singing a three a three minute song i mean it would last about two hours that that performance um so it was a way. 15 times 3 is 45 minutes. Right. But then in between, you're still talking and like presenting or like, what if, hey, like, I want to sing a duet with my friend over here. Doesn't matter what. I get it. But long story short was we were always there for like two, three hours because even after singing, we would always have like food and like mingle with the rest of the, of, of, of the students. So anyhow. And this was at Wendy's house? No, this was. So this new professor. His name is um, Jose Sepulveda. That was the teacher that um, I ended up with after after I where I was introduced to him, and I was with him for three three and a half years, from like seventeen, like sixteen and a half, all the way until I was. You're like, with him how? As far as like taking music, I mean singing you lessons. Were taking singing lessons for for three years. For three three years, three until and a half. Until you years, were nineteen. Until I was nineteen. And that's around the time you got the academia? And that's, yes. So at night, at age 19, I went to the academia. And how'd that work out? Um, first, explain what, what is La Academia. La Academia, it's a reality show. It's a, it's a music, singing contest. Um, originally, it was um, only in Mexico City. Transmitted in Mexico City. I was part of the La Academia USA, which was only aired in the United States. They did. So during that time, the station opened up their their broadcasting in the United States. Which station? 
Azteca America. So it's through TV Azteca, which is in Mexico, and then they expand it through the the, um, the U.S. And they created Azteca America for the U.S. And so Azteca America decided to launch their own version of La Academia to La Academia USA. And this was mainly made for those who lived in the U.S. Um, and Hispanic. Because La Academia originally from Mexico was only for Mexicans. People from Mexico. And the USA became from various parts of the world that lived in U.S., or Hispanic, Latin, however you want to say. So, but like um, um, La Academia America, what was it called? La Academia USA, the one La that Academia I was part USA, of. La Academia USA, you couldn't watch that in Mexico? No. Mexicans couldn't see it? No. No, me no Mexico. And the funny part is that it it was, it took place in Mexico. The audience that we had in 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 our, in the, what do you call it? In the arena? It was in the arena. In the theater? Whatever the hell it's yeah. you, you filmed? Yes. In the studio? In the studio, yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking it in Spanish. Um, in, in, in the studio, um, it was just Mexican people that they would grab from, from there. But it would only air in the U.S. That's crazy. So, so they, they'd be there cheering you guys on. They never could see it. No, no. And That's the only crazy. way they would probably like keep on following us is through through internet. And this, so this happened in 2005. That's when I went to. Whoa, whoa. So back up. Okay. okay. So you start taking singing lessons at 10, 13. Yes. And then 19, 13, and then you got a new uh, teacher at 16. You, you 19, you got La Academia. Mm -hmm. So how did that go? with La Academia when it came to like obviously it's like American Idol. Do they show do they show on, on La Academia like like kinda like what American Idol everyone like loves the parts where like you see the lines and you see the people go in. Do they do that in La Academia? Where they just like see watch people and they talk to people in the lines and they see like the, the, the judges are like screening the lines? No. So it just goes into the actual competition. Yes. So obviously, you know, once once the show starts they're going to they show footage of of the of the auditions Audition. or sometimes if someone's worthy when, when someone gets to the, the final no rounds. usually i mean it depends um so they would broadcast special segments letting people know oh like you know like today we are um in so-and-so city for the audition or for the casting of la academia um we're just doing a recap of of how things are going um, but they wouldn't, for the most part, they would never show your audition prior to, to airing the, the show. So how did that go? The screening process? Like, like how many times did you audition? Did you audition one time and they, they picked you? No, I auditioned four years in a row. What? And so the first, how, did the, how, <laughs> how was the first year? Like what happened the, the first, first year? year. I was, um, how did that go? What was like stress levels? Like talk, walk me through your first time auditioning for La Academia. So I was auditioning for the second season of, of La Academia for Mexico. And it's like walk in, you just walk up and stand in line. Yes. You walk in, you stand in line 
until it's your turn. Um, and back then, it was only meant for obviously Mexicans, and you had to have you were needed to be eighteen. When I went to audition the first time, I was seventeen. That oh yeah, and actually yeah, I had just turned seventeen. Now that I'm thinking about it, because yeah, yeah, I had just turned seventeen, and so I was you know there in line, and then because um, there's a funny story that leads on to what I'm gonna tell you later on. Um, one of the 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 staff members they have you fill out like in a an entry form or like an application to 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 begin your your audition and she saw me and you know she told me do you have an ID I said yes but I had only carried with me my 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 high school ID that obviously doesn't show your 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 date of birth and she looked at me she's like are you sure you're 18 I'm like yes course I am and I make sure like I put a whole bunch of makeup and like eyelashes to look older and she did tell me she said if you happen to move on to the next round and so on and if they find out that you're not 18 they're gonna basically eliminate you and I was like yeah 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 it's okay like I'm 18 I was freaking out already first of all it was the first time I would ever audition to anything and then the fact that they're telling me that if I were to make it, I was going to get eliminated. I'm like, great. And so I just, you know, finally it was my turn to to go in and, and sing. And then, well, obviously, I mean, nothing happened. What they say? Just thank you. All of them? The three, four people? How many people Yeah, were in the I think room? there were three people. And they all just said thank you. Yeah. And was okay. it filmed? The, yes, everything is filmed. Yes. So you saw the cameras Yes. They're filming everything. Yes. And they just said thank you. And I was crushed. And where did you audition? This was in um, TJ, in Tijuana. Oh, wow. Yes. That's where they um, they were having the auditions. At La Casa de la Cultura, which that's that's uh, a place where they have, um, where they, 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 they do various... Um, it's like a, a cultural place for music, for art in TJ. And my grandpa used to teach there dance. And my, my family, my dad, my uncles, my aunts would, would perform there. So it was interesting that, you know, my, my, my grandpa would teach there and I was auditioning for a show at that place. <laughs> and so you missed the first audition. Mm-hmm. They didn't say anything. They basically just blew you past you. Right. How'd the second audition go? Was it, and how, was it the next year? Yeah, it was the following year. Okay. And um, this was for the third season. And that one took place in LA. This this concept of the show, La Academia, started getting bigger and bigger to where now there will be more international. You still had to be Mexican, but now they were even considering people from the U.S. So I went to L.A. and I auditioned. And there I passed to the second round, which I was like, oh, my God. So one thing that my parents would tell me, they would take me to these auditions, but I would, I would always be crushed because I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it. 
And they every time they would be like, if you, I would get into like really, really bad depression after it. Like I didn't want to live. Like I would cry, cry for weeks. And I'm like, I just can't believe it. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be on that show so bad. And, and. You're okay with talking about this? I'm okay. Right. Yeah. I don't care. I, I want it. And, and, and I put so much effort like in my singing lessons to be able to be better, you know? And so the second, the second time I auditioned, um, I passed a, a second round. I was like, okay, well that's an accomplishment, you know, from like not passing to like not going to the next filter, but same thing, you know, and, and, um, say thank you. And that's it. That same thing. Just thank you. Thank goodbye. you. Goodbye. You know, they listen to you. And you were crushed again. Oh yeah. I was crushed. Cause I, and then when was the next third one? The following year for the fourth. So 2003 now, 2004. 2004. Right, 2004 now. Mm-hmm. So 2002, you were underage. They said nah. Mm-hmm. 2003, you were of age. Probably, yeah. 18. And, and oh, yeah, you were 18. Yeah. Same age. Mm-hmm. I know you were 18. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, 2004. 2004, I go to, um, it's for the fourth season. It's in, it's in LA as well. And for that one, it was crazy. It was really good. Um, auditions would take a whole day from right. like seven in the morning until maybe six at night. And then they would lead on to the next day. If You'd wait that long? Yes. To, to be seen once. And then? So fourth, the, the fourth season, I go to LA, I audition and I make it onto the fourth filter so i auditioned two times that first day and then i had to come back the following day so i had to we had to spend the night in um in la and then i did two more filters and i was probably part i want to say i was part of the a hundred um contestant from la before they picked i think they took to mexico maybe like 30 people because i remember being in the in the auditorium and seeing all these contestants and seeing those that actually made it to the show and so i was like okay i mean another year that i don't make it but i advanced and based from that experience la had a a local um tv um singing contest that they they like recruited me from it from from that experience so then i was in a local um tv contest in la that was aired in la and i won a couple prizes there and money and so and it aired also for azteca america which it was starting this 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 new TV station based from from the the Mexico station, and so that was it. You know that was that was the 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 fourth season of that show. That show was really it was like the most popular one out of like the last three or so. I mean, obviously the first one was really 
popular, but it, it became really popular to where, I guess, and I want to think because it was so popular, the the station in the, the U.S. decided, hey, let's probably make one for us. And let's do La Academia USA. And it was, I want to think, you know, to kind of launch the, the TV station in the U.S., let's make our own concept, our own version of La Academia, but only for people that live in the U.S. So one day I was watching TV and the the commercial came up about auditioning for La Academia. And I'm like, what? Like, no, it just ended. Like, it's too soon. Because I already, I, I knew like after a year, then they would start to cast. I'm like, it's only been a couple months. Why are they making auditions? Oh, it's only for the U.S. And I was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. So last minute, I was like, okay, fine, let's go. And so I went to, to audition. It was in LA as well. And a lot of things happened. Be more specific. So <laughs> when you auditioned this fourth time. This fourth what, time. So let me ask you this. You made it, obviously, from yes. that fourth time. Yes. But but how, was it as exhausting? What, what, did you have to do four filters, then two again the next day? It was extremely exhausting. So you had to do way more auditions. So, so yes. So for LA, I went in um, and I auditioned maybe two filters that first night. Um, like I said, everything's from like seven in the morning up until like six, seven p.m. Then we had to come back the following day, and I had to do, I want to say three more filters because they do singing, and then they also do dance because you have to know how to dance otherwise. You're no good. And that second night, we we finished around midnight, from like nine in the morning all the way to midnight auditioning. So at the end, I was part of the a hundred that were going to the main main final in Dallas to then select the ones that were going to be part of the show. And how? What was that down to? Ten, twenty? What was it like? Like. So for the for the main f- main show, yeah. eighteen. Eighteen. So from from Dallas. So I'm sorry, from from they LA. A hundred down to eighteen. That's what they're trying to do. No, no. So I I auditioned in, in LA. They had they had auditions in Texas. They had auditions in Miami. They had auditions in Chicago. They had auditions um I, I can't remember, other states within, but only from LA they took a hundred, which I remember. The, the staff and producer were saying like we were the largest group from the rest of of the of the of the cities that they um, had auditions they they took so many from LA and so we have the final audition in Dallas and that was a whole day too from like eight in the morning until I want to say past 12 one in the morning it was exhausting it was so exhausting like and I remember only singing maybe two times. And out of those two times, my first time singing, I totally blew it. I'm like, I've been waiting here for like hours. It's my turn. The minute I opened my mouth, I'm like, I was, I, I. T- How'd you go? What did you do? Well, I wanted to sing a song that I had been practicing, but I didn't memorize it. And so I was so, so nervous. I started writing the song on my, on my hand. I knew the melody. I knew I could sing it. I just couldn't remember all the words. 
So I started writing it on my hand, and I was like, it doesn't matter. Like once I I start to sing, I'll look at my my hand, and like I'll be able to remember what's next. You were Ken Lee. Ken Lee. And so it's for, it's time for me to to start singing the first round, and I guess I do a movement to where you can see my hand. There's a whole bunch of scribbles, and the main producer of the show he stops me and he's like, "What do you have on your hand?" And I was like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "Like oh, the song." He's like, "You don't know your song." I'm like, "I know it, but I don't know it." And I was just I was so embarrassed. And then he's like, are you, are you nervous? I said, of course I'm nervous. Are you kidding me? Like he was like the main producer of the show. And then, um, he was like, it's okay. He's like, don't worry. He's like, come over. He's like, here, have some of my wine. And he gave me some of his wine. He was, he was Spanish. He was a Spanish guy. And so do, do know that when you go to auditions, people are on the lookout. Whatever you do in, in in between the contestants, they see everything. That was one thing that the contestants saw. Oh, that's the girl that was offered wine by the producer. Oh, there's preference. And you see it. You see like who's who's following the um what camera's following who? Oh, yeah, that person's gonna make it because the camera's following them. And so he gave me wine. I was and he's like, it's okay, just relax, sing. And he allowed me to sing the song by reading it from my hand. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this, is, this is bad, I said. This is bad. And so he's like, sing me another song. And I picked this stupid song. I'm like, why am I singing this song? The first song that came to my mind. And what it was like, like a cumbia. What song? Oh, okay. It was like a cumbia. And I'm like, this is so stupid. And he's like, okay. I passed to the next round and I was like, oh God, God is big. So I passed on to the next round. The next round, it's like, I think it was dancing. You put some music, you dance. And then again, another another one singing. And I kept on passing until it was time for them to name those who were going to be going to Mexico. And be tested for a week before actually they select the ones that are going to be part of the show. So from, I don't even know, I want to say it was over 200 people from the actual final in Dallas. They took 32 to Mexico. And I was part of those 32. And then what? They vetted those 32? Or they went through those 32 to figure out which ones they're going to take? So they, so basic, so out of those 32, they flew us out to Mexico City. Um, and we, they, they took us to the house that we were going to live in La Academia. So La Academia is an academy um, where it's, it's, it's filmed 24 seven. And, and we were there. Um, we were able to live in the house for a week and it was what they would call it are the a week of, of test to make sure to kind of get to know the contestant and see who was actually going to be staying for the show. So it was a week. We were there for a week in the house taking music lessons, singing lessons, dance lessons, everything that 
you would be taking once that you're part of the show. And again, I would, every day I would blow it being there. And I was just so miserable. I was miserable because I wanted to do so good and I wanted to show out, like show off that I was, I was meant to be here. And I was really scared. I remember one time being in the, um, I think it was a dance class. And no, I mean, I, I wouldn't work out. I, I had no condition. So they would push you, push you to where like I blacked out and I had to stop. Like I had to stop and I just, I was seen all black. And I remember the teacher saying like, like calling my name, like Diana, this, get out, nah, nah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're, they're seeing me. Like they're going to be able to tell that I can't do the job, that I won't be able to, to, to stay here. And so I was really freaking out. I'm like, this is it? Like, I'm not going to stay, you know, because I, I, I don't have, I don't have what it takes. So ultimately you know that week passed and they do this this special show to show the audience who were going to be the actual 18 that were going to be part of the show and i ended up staying to be part of the show and from that situation how did it change your your uh, popularity because i remember you being on the news and stuff like they would interview you, like the, the yeah. like San Diego one interview you all the time. Um, and who did, was it? Was it like Azteca or as as yes? Azteca? They were mainly the ones who were like yes, focusing I mean, be- on who you were because they wanted people to get to know who you were because you're local. Yes. So when I was part of this show, and the concept of is that the contestant has no no connection to the outside world. So I was not able to speak to my family to see them for the amount of time that I was there. So you are inside this studio house that has cameras all over and you are only to allowed to leave the house when you go to 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 this to the stage to the what would you call it before that it was? Studio. To the studio out of Kimberly to the studio. That was the only time that we would leave the house. So I couldn't talk to anyone. I didn't know what was going on on the outside. So as far as how much, how popular I was, I didn't know until I was out. But I do, I do know that because I was local here from San Diego and then we did back then had a, a state, like here in the station, um, a, 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 a place or a, Azteca America had their own station here in San Diego. Um, they were being very supportive of me. And so they would do special events while I was in the show to, to kind of ask people for support and, and, and to vote. They would go to my parents' house with the cameras and just, you know, show support and, and interview them. So I do know that they were very supportive when I was in there. And even after I got out, they would still show support. How? How? They would invite me to to events. So if they had any any local event with, with the TV station here in San Diego, they would invite me to be part of it. Um, even, I mean, they had connections through different stations from the U.S. that were linked to Azteca. 
and if they needed a talent to you know go sing they would always throw out my my name so any any little thing that they were able to have talent they would always ask me for it and how did that go your time in la academia the show how did that go like how many years did you end up doing it what was your uh, what was like the highlight for you and then what was the how did it end how did it all end for you the show well i want to know like um your experience how many years you were doing it and then how it ended well the show only lasts for a few months so i was only there for three months I ended up getting expelled at, I can't remember if it was concert number 11. You did concerts every week? Yes, it was concerts every week. Every Sunday we had a concert. I believe it was concert 11 um, that I got expelled. So um, that's how it ended, you know. And after after the show ended... We we were supposed to have a tour. I remember a week prior from when I was expelled, um, they had released the news to the ones that we were still in that we were going to have a tour from the U.S. And so I believe only the top 10 were going to be part of the tour. So when I got expelled, I was number 10. So I was barely going to make it to be part of the tour. And I guess there was already like dates sold in the U.S. And then I remember one of them being in Utah. That's like one. Like they were, they kind of, while we were in the concert um, transmitting, they mentioned Utah was one of the places that we were going to have a concert. And so due to different problems that they encountered through, through the, the TV station, they had to suspend the tour. And then ultimately they canceled the tour. So we never got to tour. So we obviously, you know, a lot of us were needing for that support looking for the support to continue to be, you know, with, continue with, with our dream of, of being an artist. And so a, a group of, of, what was it, four or five of us um, just decided, you know, to, to look for opportunities. And we started performing as a group in, in the U.S. So we had a couple performances in California um, in, di in different areas like Sacramento, um, Pasadena, Utah was one of them that we did. So we were trying to do our own thing without the 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 station's support because they were not allowing us to work because we were under a contract. That sucks. Oh, yes. And there was a lot of times where... Even my local or the local station from San Diego would tell me, hey, okay, so there's going to be an event in this place. We want to send you. Okay, got it. I'm available. And then they would come and be like, hey, you know what? 
they're not allowing us to take you. The main people from the station said, no, you can't take Diana. You're going to take this other talent. So they would take away opportunities from me to give them to others, knowing that my station had initially recommended me or they wanted me or even it didn't matter which which city you know said okay i want so so and so person oh no so they had to go through the actual main executives and they would be like oh no that person's not available you can take this one so they would take opportunities from me many times they did that and they wouldn't allow me to work so when i would have gigs i wouldn't tell I wouldn't, I wouldn't let Azteca know about it. They were not supporting me. They were not giving me any, any, any performances, any gigs. So I had to get them on my own. How'd you get gigs? Through fans. People that supported you through fans. Um, that's, that's how, you know, the word got around. There's this. You know, that's how I went to New York the first time to sing for, for Cinco de Mayo. Through, through a fan. They, he. That person got me the gig. Throughout your career with La Academia, you ended up getting side gigs. That, um, from being on La Academia, I'm sure they knew this. I'm sure that they knew that you were going to get opportunities outside of them. It's crazy because I would I would make it to where like if I was the corporation, I would make it to where okay, anything you do, we get money. Which is, yes. That's what they say signed you. Yes. And they would. But you wouldn't tell them. It's like under the table type shit. I wouldn't tell them because if I were to tell them. They'd want to cut. They, not only that. They wouldn't allow you to do it. Exactly. They wouldn't allow me to do it, which it happened many times. Got it. And it's like, okay, I'm never, I'm not going to tell about this then. You know, you're taking away my opportunities. You're not helping me out. And it took me forever. It took me a couple of years to get rid of them as far as like for them to terminate my contract. So yeah. And then, yeah, they were not supportive at all. It was funny because a couple months after, you know, the show was over and I was back at home, you know, I was at home and the TV was on and I'm like, that sounds like me. I can hear myself. Like, is my dad like playing like one of the songs that I sang? And then I run to the living room. like, what the hell is that? So they released a CD, an official CD, the top 10 and one, and, and I was part of it and I could hear myself and I'm like, are you kidding me? They didn't even tell us about this. They released a CD. They never told us. We didn't even get a copy. I had to go buy it myself. How sad is that? So yeah, no support whatsoever. So, one of your opportunities, you ended up going to New York to sing at a Cinco de Mayo event? Yeah, that was cool. It was really fun. And how'd that go down? What happened? Um, so, I didn't know that Cinco de Mayo, or I mean, various parts of the, of, of the country, country here in the U.S., it's very important and very festive, right? Yeah. Americans um, love Cinco de Mayo more than Mexicans <laughs> do. Definitely. And so, um, back then, MySpace was like really popular too. Wait, two thousand fourteen? Two thousand no, two thousand and six. Um, yes, 
100%. So I had my MySpace page, like very professional, all about singing, all about me. And um, that's how people would get in contact. I wish I would have seen your, been able to see your MySpace page. That'd be cool. Yeah, I would have. What song did you have when you come on? My songs. Which song was the first song that popped in your face when second you go into Diana Galindo's? I have MySpace. Well, like I, I have the one, the the recording version that of No Me Enseñaste. Oh, that was a song that would pop in your face second you went onto your page. After the Academia, before it was probably like Casey and JoJo or something like that. Casey and JoJo, <laughs> and who are your top eight? I have I'm no just kidding. idea. Okay, so you had MySpace, you're getting gigs. Yes, and a lot of people were, they, I think, was it Facebook? When did Facebook start? Facebook, I um, I don't know when it started, but I um, have, my Facebook is from 2006. Okay. And I used to poke people. Poke and people. And no one, one girl, like she was my friend, I didn't, I didn't think anything of her. I hate pokes. And she would, she told me in real <laughs> life, my face, hey, um, you poked me on Facebook. Go, yeah, yeah, I do. She's like, don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> she straight up called me out on it. I was like, okay. I remember. Yeah, pokes. I'm really bad. Like, my memory's not that great. But so I maybe I mean, either I, it had been MySpace. A lot of people would contact me through there. And one time this person, I want to say a fan, you know. Never met him. No. Um, but very supportive, you know. Um, said you um I work with with some some publicists and they're doing a show out here in New York for Cinco de Mayo. We're gonna bring a whole bunch of artists. Um, let me see if I can get you in. I wanna he's like, Are you interested? And I said, Oh yeah, definitely. Um so um, he was saying that it's going to be like super big. They're going to have a hottie bale. They're going to have it into different locations. One of them is going to be like in, in New York, like in Manhattan. And then there was going to be another one close to like also the city. And he showed me like the list of, of the artists. And I'm like, Oh, okay. No, this person, I know this person. Like there was actually known artists that were going to be out there performing. And so, he gets back and he's like, yeah. He's like, I got you in. I'm like, did you? He's like, yeah. And and I said, he's like, send me your pictures. We're going to put you on the big posters. We're going to start promoting you. There's going to be um, TV and, 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 and radio that's going to be promoting. I was like, awesome. And I was really excited about it. I'm like, I've never been to New York. Now I'm going to sing live. And so we were going like a back and forth. Like he had all my information, like, you know, with everything. And so it was a week before, before the event. And I'm like, I haven't gotten, you know, any, any news about it. Like I need, I need to know my itinerary. I need to know flight and everything. Oh shit. Because that was another thing. Like, you know, I mean, they have you to. You started to think it was like fake. Maybe. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. I had seen and I'm like. That's what I, th- I would think if that was, if we were getting that close and there's no like. There was nothing. Yeah, or- I was. Okay. Yes. But then there was my picture on this flyer, and it said I was going to be performing this day, this time. Where'd you get that flyer? It was so on he, Facebook? Yes. Or MySpace or whatever? It yes, was, it was yes. On, you but saw the flyer. Yes. And then he has sent it to me, because once once it was already um, official, got, got it started it. circulating like all over. 
And so I was trying to get a hold of the guy. And I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? We have like a week left. I, I don't know anything about my flight. Um, you know, when am I leaving? What's going on? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And so he wasn't responding. And then one day I get a call and they're like, is this Diane? I'm like, yes. He's like, oh, hi, my name is so-and-so. He's like, I am one of the um, producers of the show that we'll be having in, in, in New York. And you were in contact with this person. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a hold of him. He's like, yeah, unfortunately he passed away. And I'm like, what? He's like, yes, he passed away. I'm like, oh, makes sense that I haven't been able to speak to him. I'm like, so what's going on? He's like, I'm calling you to let you know about your itinerary. I'm like, I'm still going. He's like, yeah, you're still coming. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I was like, okay, got it. Um, so that was all wrapped up. And I, I mean, I got to New York and I remember um, these, the, well, yeah, like the, the main heads of, of, the people that put up the show, um, they, 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 they apologized, said, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, you were out without any clue what was going on, you know, and he was your main source. Um, but you know, he passed away and during, during the week that you're going to, cause I was going to be in New York for a week. Right. We're going to be doing promotions for this event. Cause it was going to be huge in, in New York. It's a whole week of promotions. Right. He's like, um, during that week is going to be his service. It's like, do you want to go? I was like, no. I'm like, I never met the guy. You know, I, I spoke to him on the phone a couple of times. You know, we chatted very friendly, but I don't want to meet for the first time this person in a casket. And so they're like, it's okay. He's like, when, when is I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I appreciate that you're inviting me because obviously he was the one that. If it wasn't because of him, I wouldn't be here. But I said, no, I don't want to go. Right. But, yeah, that was crazy. From that situation, were there any other situations where you were able to go out and um, do your own thing? Like, like did you, you went to many places. I remember you said you went to uh, Utah. Mm-hmm. You went to different places. All those places that you went to and you performed, you did that behind Azteca's back? Yes. All that. The only time that Azteca got in contact with me, it was for another Cinco de Mayo, maybe like two years after that, because they couldn't get the winner from my from my season to go and perform. And so they called me and they said, are you available? Can you go sing? They say that to you? Yeah. They basically told you, we couldn't get a hold of. Of the winner. She so or- we're going to call you instead? Yes. They told you that point blank? Yes. Yes. Because I was like, why are you guys calling me? To go perform. Like, you guys never helped me out. And so you guys want me to go? Oh, because we couldn't get so-and-so, you know, to, to go perform. Are you available? I, was like, I mean, of course I'm available. Of course I'm going to go. So they flew me out to New York. And it was it was really cool because it was at the Met Stadium. And it was, I, I want to say, the largest crowd I've ever performed in front of. In the Mets, so it was. It was Will the Mets play. Yeah, yes, yes, and no. How they have it set up, they they have it to where it's on the outside of the stadium. It's a huge area. The parking lot. It's mm, the parking lot of the Mets stadium. Probably, it's huge. 
Um, and it was they have they have different TV stations. They have they had Telemundo, Univision, and Azteca America part of this Cinco de Mayo. So they had all these talents that I would see on TV. And I remember getting up on stage and I couldn't see where the the audience ended. Like it was just like like so many thousands of people. I was like, oh my gosh. I was super excited. Um but it was at the Met Stadium, but not inside. It was right outside. Yeah, right outside. Yeah, yeah. And um was that like what did you sing? I sang I th- I think I sang one of the songs that I performed in La Academia. I sang one song. And did they know you? Yeah. Yeah, they That's did. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, you were telling me that people used to bug you. When you go out. They wouldn't bug me. They would just, you know, recognize. People would, would poke you for an autograph or for a picture? <laughs> Back then it was autographs, yes. You would do autographs? Like I would do autographs, name. Yeah. Before selfies. Selfies were not a thing just yet, but I mean, yeah, they would ask for pictures. And autographs was a thing. You would sign autographs. I would sign autographs. What's the weirdest thing you signed? Yeah, no, I, I never signed anything weird. The only weird thing that happened, there was a couple weird things, but one of them that stood out years after um la academia 2010 i was part of another show for azteca uh-huh. in mexico and this girl just became like a really like obsessive fan of me like this girl in mexico where'd you meet her? she um since i was part of the show she just became a fan by watching me what happened you, you saw her at a store so Did you work with her what happened no 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 so when i was part of this show we were living in this house um in mexico so after six o'clock we were able to leave the house and just go eat do whatever and a lot of fans would be outside the house waiting for their favorite artists you know and so um fuck that's dangerous as fuck mm-hmm no security? No. No security. At least at the door? At the door, yes. Okay. But okay. it was mainly security for the for the for the the house, not mainly for us. Okay. But the good thing was that when I was during that time at the show, I had my friend Paco with me all the time. So he would always pick me up at six o'clock. He was always out there. So I was never alone. And so and I mean, I would meet people. They would just come to me, like say hi, take pictures. But then this girl, I want to say she became obsessive because every time, every day she was out there and like, Diana, 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 and like hug me or like picture. I mean, like, how many times have I signed an autograph for you? And so the last week or the last day we were, we were going to be in that house. I was, you know, packing my things. I was leaving. And um, I remember going to the store. We were going to the store prior to me getting my luggage. And this girl comes like running like super fast. And she's like, 
oh, I'm glad you haven't, you haven't left. I'm like, oh, hi. She's like, oh, I thought I missed you. She started crying. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yes, I just thought I missed you. I thought I wasn't going to ever see you again. I just came to, to tell you that I love you so much, that you're just like the best thing ever. And like she made, um, she made me a mug with with the with the color of the team of lavender which by the way if you open the, our our cup our where we have our cups or mugs you're gonna find that mug right there that's what she gave you <laughs> it has my first name and last name yes i don't know what you're talking about but we'll, we'll look at it tomorrow right and it's a mug and it has my first name and last name okay. like a coffee mug like it's a coffee okay. mug but um, it was sweet. I'm like, oh, this is really sweet. Thank you. But the girl was crying, like almost sobbing because she wasn't going to see me anymore. I told you about John Lennon, right? Um, what about? You were crying for him too? No, John Lennon was killed by a fan. Like that. You know what? It's funny because at once. You know John Lennon. Yes, right. yes, yes. So my mom, I believe, was there with me. Um, Paco and then my friend Roberto. A psycho shit. Yes, and so Roberto, he was like, this girl's crazy. She's like, she's crazy. She's like, she was like almost dying. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I felt bad for her. But that was like one of the weirdest things that happened to me. Yeah, that's like, that's like some scary, like she could hurt you. And, and like, that's like some like Yolanda <laughs> shit. That's also like Yolanda level shit. That was intense. You said Disneyland was uh, another one? Oh, Disneyland. Disneyland was, was intense too. And what was that like? Same shit? Like, we're just like, oh, my God. Or were they, like, cool about it? It just chill. No, yeah, chill. But it was... Like, how would they approach you? Like, pretend it's... I'm you. Well, it's funny because... Oh. I'm you. How would they come up to you? They're like, oh, it's us. But, like, what? who is this? Who is this? Well, who it's... are you? What a little we... boy, a little girl, an adult, adults. male, adult, female. Adults. Male, female. Okay. It it was just like and you, like, hey, like a guy would be, or they just stare at you, and you know they're staring at that at you, and they're just looking at you, and they're talking between, they're like pointing, and and you're like, yeah, it's me. And Disneyland, we went to Disneyland with my family. I want to say two months, three months after the show had ended, so it was recent, so it was fresh. This whole academia, right? And once again. Keep in mind, like them, it only aired in the U.S. Right. So we we go to Disneyland with all my family. Was you know my mom, my brother, um, my uncles, my aunt, my cousins, Victor and Cynthia with her. They would not let allow me to lie. Of what I'm going to tell you. No, like, I asked them. Right. So we go to Disneyland, and the minute we get into Disneyland to 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 do the line, you know, to for to buy the tickets, there's like some people like that recognized me and they're talking between them and and they're like just giggling and they're like oh Diana Diana de la Academia like yes oh oh my gosh una photo pictures so it happened all day I want to say when I was at Disneyland no shit yes all day I was shocked but was it like okay the first okay. you're obviously enjoying it the first day right I didn't mind it, no. But after day after day, do you think that like, kind of get annoying? It, look. Like Kim Kardashian <laughs> status or like Kanye status, like, right? There was there was a couple times, n- not that Disneyland situation, but other times where 
I mean, come on. I want to buy personal hygiene stuff. Right. And they stop me in the middle of the aisle. If I'm Diana, I'm like having pads in my hand. Like that's a pretty awkward. Right. That can get annoying quick. Right. Or there was one time, I mean, I think about it now and I feel bad. So one time I go to the swap meet with my family. It was early in the morning. No makeup. You told me this. At all. And um, I have my glasses on. I have my huge glasses. I don't know. It's just that it's not me. It's just that. Oh, no. I couldn't no. because the person that I was next to me. Was the, the guy. Yes. Gotcha. So there was no freaking way. I couldn't say no. And they were well, like. you're bad then. You should have fucking been ready. <laughs> Always ready. And so I was, they were like, can we take a picture? I was like, no. I said no. Because why? It was like seven in the morning. I had no makeup on. I had, I mean, it was, no, I was not in the you mood. You told them no. I, and they're like, Who was it? Just a random person. A, a girl, random, boy? A, a, a couple. A young couple. And I was like, no, please. I said, please, no, no picture. Like. Can we just like talk? Can we all sign something? But like no picture. Because they wanted me to take off my glasses. I was like, really? Like you want me to take off my glasses on top of that? I felt bad. And Don't my mom Don't tell and me. my mom was like, This is the way you want to be a star, but like denying people. I was like, shut up. Okay? Just stop. It would happen at Olive Garden, Denny's, when I would go, oh my gosh, Ross, there was a lady. Uh, Why you're returning something? I hated that lady from Ross. I'm like, I'm never coming back to Ross because I would go with my mom to Ross. And she was like, Diana, Diana, hola. She worked at Ross and I was like. Wait, the lady waiting outside? No, the lady that worked at Ross would recognize me. And she would make a big deal if she would see me. W- <laughs> that's like Atlanta. That's like Atlanta shit. That show Atlanta. And I and I like, told like, my mom, oh I'm my never God. coming back to this Ross. Like if you ever want to go, go to another one. But we're not going. Which one? <laughs> the one in Chula Vista, the one on Is between. Still work Bro- there? I don't know because I don't go that's there. Fucking crazy! So you walk into Ross's, <laughs> a Chula Vista, and a. The back would be like, yo, Diana. <laughs> What's what the lady? It was a lady in the front. She's in the front. Where, where the like jewelry. Where the, or where, like the security? No, was it, it was a cashier, but she would, she would work the, like the, 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 the jewelry counter. So if she was, if she she was like right there, like right next to the loss prevention guy. And what would she do? Like, honestly. In the beginning, it was like, Diana, is that you from La Academia? It is. Oh, oh, I would see you every weekend. I'm a big fan. I love how you sing. Thank you. And then let's say I would go again, maybe like a month. Oh, Diana, Diana, hola, 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 ¿cómo estás? Bien, gracias. Another time. I mean, and she was always there at the counter. Another time with your mom. What happened? Like, what was the last straw? Like, what were you like, I'm not coming back here again. 
What did she do? What was a give me the gusto? I don't remember. Was she, like, I screaming I, at you. I was. I only remember. Or she like, hey, hey. no, because she was never friend. discreet. Like she was never like, oh, like hola, Diana. No, she was loud. But I mean, like, would she like yell like, hey, Diana? Like, would she like, look at other people? Oh, she would actually tell like, oh yeah, she was on the show, La Academia. Right, right, right. right like she would right. do that. That sucks. Like if it's personal. Just me between you, but if she brings other people into the conversation, yes, that's where I can see it just being a, a problem, and I wouldn't ever want to go to Ross's again <laughs> if that happened. So. Right? It's like I know. So a lot of a lot of times when I w- worked at Sam's Club, there was one specific member who recognized me, and that was another thing. I would I would avoid him because he would always ask me. How are you doing? What's going on? Why aren't you singing? Hello? You're, you're cashiering? <laughs> I'm cashiering. <laughs> I'm cashiering currently. So, I mean, I would, I would put my, I mean, not myself. I would just, you know, be in an uncomfortable situation. I mean, it's hard. It's just, it's, it's hard not being able to, to continue with something that you thought you were going to be doing for who knows the rest of your life like singing and then suddenly you have a regular job you know and so people remind you like what happened why are you here yeah yeah you know it's gotta hurt it it does it's like well i have to pay bills you know and or ask me you know just weird questions from the past like it's been a couple years you know like we've moved on um, but yeah, there was, there was people at Sam's up to like people who would go shop there that would recognize me. Yeah. It's interesting that, that, that you're able to talk about it, you know, like that line with like, not necessarily giving up your dreams, but necessarily, not necessarily, um, what people like to say, oh, you're, um, like you're settling. So a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with um, my friend Noelia. You know Noelia; she was also part of the show with me, and um, we were just catching up. And she is sing. She lives in in Albuquerque, and she is singing. You know, with with a band. Um, but she also does real estate on the side, and we were just talking, like how it's just impossible to just focus on just being a musician or a singer because it's just so hard, you know, to be able to make it knowing that, you know, there's a mortgage, bills to pay. She's like, she, and she told me, she's like, I couldn't do it. She's like, I can't, I can't just live off of music because it's not a steady income. And others have, you know, I mean, other, 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 you know, friends of ours have been able to live off of music which is great you know but that doesn't happen to to everyone and that was another thing because when i i finished the the second show in in the the second reality show in mexico my plans were to move to mexico city like i had told my family i'm just coming home packing my bags and moving to mexico city right and so they were like, okay, well, that's what you want to do. You're going to do it, but you're going to be singing in bars. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, to start. And you're going to be 
<laughs> making just enough to pay rent. Yeah, probably. Which I didn't mind, but then it kind of started to sink in. I'm like, <sighs> like, I'm going to be struggling. I'm going to be a lot. You know, and I would see, I would go out, you know, to these bars and I would see those those singers at the bars, you know, singing for four or five hours. And then the following day they have to do that again. And it's exhausting. Very exhausting. I mean, I sang twice at a bar here in San Diego for a couple of hours. And it's like doing it every day, it's a lot. So a lot of people probably saw it that, oh, she has no ambition as far as, you know, to continue being in the music industry. And it wasn't that. I just had, I did have my priorities, but I couldn't. I, 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 I just couldn't. It was hard. I don't mean to be rude about it. I'm not trying to sound rude. I'm just saying it's like some people would, some people would call that settling. But it's not necessarily. I mean, it's not necessarily settling. It's kind of being realistic with with like what you really, what do you really want, you know? And 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 ultimately, what it came down to is, yeah, you want to make money. Am I? I'm assuming, yeah, you want to make money singing. That'd be awesome, you know. Like you said, you know, people who've done it and they can do it. I have been in that same boat where I'm there and I've I've experienced. I've talked to people. I've touched. I've I've shaken hands of men who went on tour with Mariah Carey and, and, and there Mariah Carey picks him whenever she goes on tour, she knows who he is. He, she picks him. And, and I was like, that's crazy. How'd you do that? Oh, you know, I just fucking playing in bars and people see me. And then I, this guy refers me to this guy. This guy refers me to that yeah. guy. This guy refers me. And I was like watching this guy in a bar in Oxnard or in Ventura. He was just playing this black guy, just playing. this It was small time. It was like a room like this. And then, I was the only one who went up afterwards and talked to him. Like, how do you do this for a living? How? And he told me, just word of mouth. And he's just waiting for Mariah Carey to do another tour. He's, yeah. He's ready. He's, he's ready. And the setup was like mine. Like, just got to go in, play her songs, mm-hmm. know her songs, play them. Fuck. But it's like, it's, 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 a, it's a struggle. It's a, a hustle. And it's like, you may not make it. It's like acting. It's like you may not make it. But there's people who get lucky and they do. Mm-hmm. There's people who just like, they just you get fed up with it. You get fed up with the hustle because nothing comes from it. And that was one thing, you know, I mean, before I came back home, I was in Mexico for maybe like a month or two months and nothing came out. And I have no money. Like, I have no money. What am I going to do? So that was another thing, like, how am I going to make a living? I'm going to have to obviously be singing for so many hours at a bar for how, for who knows how much you're going to pay me. And then I have no one out here. So I think it was a lot of fear that played, which is the reason why I didn't make the big move. Um, and. I also had, you know, different priorities in my life. Singing was, but I also wanted to be a singer and have a family. I also wanted to get married, have kids. And a lot of the times, sometimes those things do not play along well. And you have to sacrifice. 
and probably I wasn't willing to sacrifice those things that I wanted for my life, you know. So I don't regret anything. You always dreamed of having two boys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always dreamed. Two young men? Yes, yes. So would you go back if they called you? No. Don't say that. Are you no. serious? I'm serious. There's, I have a family now. No. Did you learn anything from your wife? I learned a lot. What are you thinking? Yes. You didn't think I learned a lot? No, I'm just asking. I don't know if you knew any of this. I didn't know some of it. I knew, some, I knew a little bit. I knew about the New York guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you applied four times. That's something that interested me. That you auditioned four times and you made it on the fourth time. But what was a song that sold them? That's what I wanted to ask. What was a song that you think that was like, did they tell you or did you feel the, like, what was a song you sang that was like, that's what got me, that's what got me into La Academia? Uh, mm, I think it was Detrás de Mi Ventana. You think? I that was the first song I sang for that for that for that season, and I remember if it wasn't for Maestra Lula, I feel like I was I would have never been in the show because she was very like supportive. Maestra Lula was one of the teachers for La Academia. She was doing the auditions in LA, and I was really excited because I had seen her on previous um, seasons, and I thought she was just so sweet and amazing, and. Was she sweet and amazing in real life? Yes. Yes, she is. She's very... She's, That's good. She's very sweet. Um, and I think if I, it was Detrás de Mi Ventana. I mean, I, I sang it the, when I was in L.A. When I... And then when I went to Dallas, too. I'm like, I'm not going to... Which I did. I messed up, right? And I, and I tried to switch it up with the new song, and I ended up not me memorizing it. Right. Okay. And funny story yeah that song that i didn't memorize right. they, they gave it to me on the fifth concert and did you know it i mean you have a week to learn it but when they told me this is the song you're gonna sing oh, i was like uh, it wasn't like improv like they tell you last minute you have to you have time to research it yeah and so sing it yeah so and, we and would get our songs they would give us our songs on mondays to be ready for sunday's concert right but that song that I auditioned for or with, they ended up giving it to me on one of the concerts. Okay, so tell me about the story about uh, um, Abraham Quintanilla. <laughs> oh, shoot. I, I, that's the thing. I, I, I fucked up. I didn't ask you. I, didn't, I forgot to ask you. Who is Abraham Quintanilla? A oh, ooh, sorry. Abraham Quintanilla. Quintanilla. Well, well that's um, Selena's dad. Who's Selena? Bitty bitty bum bums? No, no. Yes, no. yes. Let me tell you a story. Authentic, Let me tell you a story real quick. Original. Let me tell you a story real quick. At work, there's this girl who was telling me about how, um, what, we're talking about music we're listening to. This is years ago. And she's like, yeah, I'm listening to the new Selena. And I'm like, I'm like oh, okay. And then I'm like, I didn't know she did anything new. And she's like, yeah, she's got a new album. And I'm like, even after she's dead? <laughs> And she goes, Selena Gomez. I'm like, oh, 
I thought you meant Selena. I, and at that time, I didn't know. I think I, I knew Quintanilla because it happened with like the Netflix show where I was like, oh, her name, last name is Quintanilla. 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 I didn't know that. You didn't know that was I your never last knew name. that until like within the last couple of years of oh, my life. So that's why I was like, oh, I thought you meant the other side, the one that died tragically. And she's like, no. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Selena so Jonas. my point is yes. Selena Quintanilla's dad. Dad, Abraham Quintanilla. Mm-hmm. Tell me that story, please. So after I got out from La Academia um, that same year, like, yes. Yeah, tell me the year. 2016. Okay. My Wait, fam- 2016? I'm sorry, 2006. 2006, we spent um, the holidays in Texas, in Houston. So we went out there, and my uncle, he said that his coworker had like a mini studio at home and obviously because i was in the show and they were seeing me um he told them about me and he wanted me to whenever i go to houston to to go and we can record some songs and i was like yeah yeah let's do that also he said he's really good friends with abraham Quintanilla, so he's thinking that you can record or have like a demo ready and then we can meet abraham and so we did, you know, we went to, we, we met with my, with my uncle's coworker. He took us to his studio. God bless his soul. It wasn't really a studio. It was like a shed. Uh-huh. It was like a shed, but he like did it like as a hobby. It wasn't like. No. Yes. It was, it was the quality of, of like the equipment was just yeah. not good, mm. you know? But before that, I had already recorded a few of the songs um, that I had performed in La Academia. I had recorded them professionally at a, at a studio. So I already had a little demo with, with cover songs. Uh-huh. And so um, I'll, I just went in there because it's my uncle's coworker. My uncle, you know, put in a good word and he's really excited about it. I'll, I'll, we'll just go and record. So I sang a few songs and we recorded something. Um, and then I remember now I had sent that demo that I had that I had recorded before to my uncle. I mailed it, so he gave it to his coworker, and that coworker gave it to Abraham Quintanilla. Because I remember now, so we're gonna go meet Abraham Quintanilla, and we ended up meeting him at a at this Mexican place to where I'm not sure if Mexican restaurant Mexican restaurant. I'm not sure if it's even listed or, or like um, mentioned in the Selena movie, but when we got there, it's a really like, like it looks like a really humble Mexican restaurant. And he was sitting there, he was having breakfast by himself. And he said, oh yeah, like my family and I would always come here. Selena would always come here and have breakfast. Like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I had already met Abraham like years before just by going into to the to the museum like as a fan of Selena you know like from far away like oh hello and we took pictures but this time I was actually like meeting him sitting in, at the table with sitting him. him so you know ordering food eating with him yeah we I didn't eat okay, okay he ate he ate so we were there 
and then um he's like okay well let's 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 go back to the museum let's go back let's go to the museum let's go to my office so we all go we were there for let's say a good four hours the whole time we were there he talked about Celine. He gave us obviously a tour of the museum. What were you saying about like what her pajamas look like as a kid? Like what the fuck was he talking about? <laughs> uh, he gave Your us a tour. Foods? He would give us a tour at the, at the museum or from the museum, and um, and then he took us into his office and pulled out like never seen before videos. <laughs> I swear, but these were like never seen. Like, still to this day, I can tell you, I had never seen these videos. But what are they? Like, it's just her it's, opening presents is at Christmas or no, what the fuck? no, no. It was just performances. Oh, like performances. Yes, gotcha, gotcha. And they were supposed to be. Someone's gonna play that shit when he dies. <laughs> Whoever right? takes over the stage is gonna put that shit out. And there was a piece that they were working on, like releasing like a new, like new footage, like of of new things. They were working on it, of course, right. What year was this? 2006. Okay, that's right, that's right, that's right. And so, just, we were there for a good while, and he that's all he talked about. Selena, Selena, Selena. Selena did this. Well, of course. Would you talk about your dead daughter, too? I'd be like, yeah, yeah. my dead daughter. Yeah, of this, course. my dead daughter. Yeah, that. you know? And, I mean, all these stories. And then I was like, let's get to me, like... Jesus, and, and, then, and then it was getting late because we we went to Corpus Christi. We had to drive back to Houston. That was like I don't know how many hours is that? Like an hour and a half, two hours. You, I get it, but we were supposed to have a meeting regarding you, me, and so it was like towards. I mean, we were there for a couple of hours, and then his friend is like, "So, um, did you get the demo?" That I gave you. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, like, like looking through his stuff. He's like, is this it? I was like, yeah, that looks like it. He's like, yeah, I listened to it. Um, but I mean, your voice is not extraordinary like Selena's. Said English or Spanish? Uh, no, in Spanish. No está extraordinaria como Selena. I was like, yeah. Okay. Okay. I can. I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not Selena. I don't. I don't have her voice. It's like, um, yeah, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Um. Should have been like. You should have been like. I'm gonna name my firstborn daughter Yolanda. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> he basically. I. I feel like in another. In other words, he said I had no future because I didn't have the talent like his daughter well his daughter didn't have a feature stop you're gonna you're gonna cut it out you're gonna cut that out she she had a feature but they stole it they took it away from her so yeah i was like okay yeah fuck that guy i was like and my mom was so pissed. I bet. My mom was, my uncle was like, this was a waste of time. My uncle was mad. He's like, we were out here for a whole day for him to, he's like, I bet he didn't even listen. He didn't listen to my demo until I was there that he played it. He didn't listen to it. 
and and yeah that was it i was like okay thank you he's like yeah we're about to launch this other girl and then he played another girl's um cd <laughs> Uh, holy shit yeah yeah what is that guy's problem yeah he like total i mean he gave me like maybe two minutes of his time that had to do with my persona and then he jumped over to like but see this girl she has the talent and we're launching her i was like what happened to that girl nothing never 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 in my life have i no right no no obviously no one launched her no that's crazy damn well yeah i don't like that that sucks so i was a little butthurt i was i, well, I went I, mean, I came back to san diego be. and i was like <laughs> anyone would be that's a fucking dumb situation that guy's weird anyways you've heard about the whole Selena state thing yeah we need to um, normalize the name of yolanda like, <laughs> it's banned from all the mexican Families. By that place, by that place that he grew up taking her to, Selena. That that we buy breakfast. I think J Lo ate at that. Oh, I think uh, he said he mentioned that buy he, it, buy it he out took J Lo to that place. Buy that place out and call it Yolanda's. <laughs> <laughs> you have bad jokes. Yep. Should make a demo. Sing bitty bitty bum bum. Bitty bitty bum bum. You know what I heard today? Huh. On the radio on the way home, which I thought was pretty crazy. We talked about it now. Late at night when all the world is sleeping, I stay up and think of you. And I, and I wish I'm a star that somewhere you are thinking of me too. I love you too. Now I'm dreaming. Of you tonight till tomorrow. Till tomorrow, I'll be holding you tight. I'm the worst. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, maybe next time I can introduce my new bundle of joy. Yes, we can do that. Have you introduced your first son? Um, no, but he's all no. through it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, peace. Hasta la vista.